From the Bob Marley Studios in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for March 3rd, 2010 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined as always by my good friends, John Magi, Kevin Close, Corey Martin, Julie Martin, and Kathy Whirling. And in the peanut gallery this week, the entire Eccles family, <laughs> Walter, Max the intern, and Teresa Eccles. Uh, in this week's show, Kevin Close has his latest dining review. This week, he'll tell us about his experience at the Rose and Crown restaurant in Epcot. And Kathy Warling will tell us about her recent experience over at Gatorland, which I have never been to. I'm interested really? to hear this. No, believe it or not. Hmm. Used to live like three minutes away wow. from it. Never went over there. Uh, it's because it requires you to leave the house. <laughs> we don't do that. You don't, you don't want to bring the gators to your house? I don't want to go to them either. It's also <laughs> nature and outside. Yeah, it's not things. a good mix for me. So we have all that plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. So welcome to the show, everyone. Obviously, I have seized control of the of the table, at least for this week. We should have had the welcome back Cotter theme. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, in housekeeping, uh, that's the first thing I, I, I want to discuss. Um, after sitting in on the show last week, um, I realized how much I missed this. Um, well, actually, I knew long before that how much I missed this. I just didn't realize how deep it ran <laughs> until I sat in on it for a full show last week. So uh, after a discussion with uh, the team, I hope no one minds. But uh, I'm coming back as host. Uh, these guys did a great job. This has nothing to do uh, with the job that they did. I thought they really all stepped up to the plate and brought their A game uh, into hosting. And it's nice to know that any one of them could sit here and do this. If, you know, the plane carrying John and I, you know. Don't was, say that. <laughs> yeah, geez. don't say that. Don't say Or flying next month. No, that's always good to joke about. <laughs> Sorry, that negative happen. Nelly. <laughs> <Good Lord. laughs> don't say it. But I'm just saying that, um, honestly, uh, I have missed this. I, I really, I love, I love the show. I love hosting the show. Well, you are the host of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, really. And <laughs> I know we've said it before, but it bears repeating. We can all do it. The show can go on. Our, I make the joke that our powers are diminished when somebody's missing, but it's true. It's a dynamic that doesn't. It, it just isn't the same without everybody here. We That's were basically true. the understudies. You know, you go to see Bette Midler, and then there's the understudy. Well, I think that's, that might be a bit extreme. <laughs> no, I, I felt like the Your teacher was gone. Kazan. The teacher was gone, and the kids were like running rampant in the room. That's oh, I, I did. I, I really didn't get that feeling from listening back to the shows. I really thought everybody brought something different and that's really kind of what i wanted I, I wanted people to you know bring something different so and just i think wanted to watch days of our lives <laughs> well i wish that's what i was doing uh, but actually i've been you know uh as i had mentioned before when i before i stepped down i, I was still going to be producing the show and doing doing work on the show and i have and there are actually a number of things we're going to start doing um a couple of which i'm going to mention now um first uh regarding our email show uh, we're going to go to doing the email show every other week instead of every week. Uh, and on the weeks that we're not doing the email show, we're going to be doing a show dedicated solely to disboards.com, uh, talking about some of the more interesting or timely threads uh, or opinions on what's being discussed. And uh, we kind of did that in the forum watch segments that we would do from time to time 
just kind of taking that idea and expanding on it a bit with uh, uh, with our show format. So that is uh, one of the things we're going to do. The other thing is uh, we're going to bring back Stump the Roundtable as a regular segment. Uh, we're going to do it once a month, but we're going to do something a little different. Uh, rather than me coming up with what to stump the roundtable with, we're going to let you, our listeners, come up with those ideas. Send an email to Pete, P-E-T-E, at WDWinfo.com with a question you think might stump the team. Now, they are not going to see this, which is why I want it sent to that email address. I'm the only one who will see it. Be kind. And, no, be tough. I want you to come (laughs) up with some really tough ones if you are successful in stumping the roundtable. What are the last four digits of Walt's social security number? <laughs> well, if you're talking about Walt Eccles, I can tell you that. But uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, idea here is that uh, we'll, we'll give everybody who sends in, if we, if we read your Stump the Roundtable on the show, you'll get your choice of a, t- a Disunplug t-shirt or a pin and lanyard. But if you actually stump the Roundtable, you're also going to get a $25 Disney gift certificate, $25 Disney gift card. So we thought that would be something a little different. So, hey, if they can't stump us, do we get the twenty five dollars? No. Yeah, that sounds like a good deal. I think that would be fair. Right? Okay, as yes. long as you're fine writing that check to everybody, I'm, you know, that's up to you. Oh, by we I meant me. <laughs> <laughs> I meant the royal we. Oh, it was the royal we, not the editorial. I said. Um, and uh, we'll be doing that uh, the last show, the last Tuesday of every month. We'll be stump the roundtable. So go ahead and send those in to me, Pete at wdwinfo.com. And I will uh, pick out the ones I think are most likely going to stump them because I want them to be stumped. Or is this like a like college Jeopardy? No, no, (laughs) No, it's a team thing, right? It's It's a team thing. Computer, see how fast I can Google. No, there will not be any of that. (laughs) There'll be no cheating. You got the finger of judgment. (laughs) There'll be no cheating. Uh, So I thought uh, thought that would be something something a little different. I also want to mention the survey that we put up last week. Have I have been loving yeah, the great. feedback that we are getting. Uh, you guys have really been very constructive in your comments uh, about what you like and don't like about the show, and I just want to let you know we are listening. Believe me, we just had a nice, nice long meeting before uh, we started recording about some of the things. And my feelings are hurt. That's, uh, <laughs> I hurt inside. <laughs> um. So uh, that uh, that survey is still up. It's going to be up for another week. So if you'd like to share your thoughts on the show, answer some questions for us. It takes about five minutes to do the survey. Uh, we'll have a link to that on the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. So I just want to thank everybody who's responded so far. We've got a really good response. And uh, looking, for some, looking forward to some, hearing some more. So, anybody else? Anything in housekeeping? I do. I do. I want to let everybody know about a new advertiser we have on the Diz. It's Disney Digital Books, uh, DisneyDigitalBooks.com. Yay. It's, it's, a, it's a subscription website where children can read over 500 of their favorite new and classic Disney books online. It's an interactive reading experience. It's a very cool looking It website. really is cool. I, I was playing around with it yesterday. A lot of stuff they can do on here. They, can, they turn the pages on screen. If they, if they can't pronounce a word, they can click on that word and it'll... Um, pronounce it for them um they have a built-in dictionary uh, it helps you to find words you don't know uh there's a look and li- there are look and listen stories with voices and sound effects a lot of cool stuff on here there's a free seven day membership uh trial membership so you can test it out and check it out 
Uh, the one month family subscription is for eight ninety five. One year for seventy nine ninety five. They also have a an area on there where they encourage children with fun challenges. The more they read, the more recognition they get. Uh, books get added to the child's bookshelf, and points are awarded as a child answers trivia questions about the books they read. And also, parents can log in with their own ID and send messages of encouragement to their children and share their favorite stories Tell or books. chores. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's way cool because as a small child, I didn't have this kind of stuff. I would take papers from school that asked me questions like about a certain place, and then I would go home and look in my encyclopedia and find a different place and answer the questions again. So I would have loved something like this. Is there, is there you were strange. <laughs> you were a strange child. I played with rocks. <laughs> Just banged rocks together. I mean, oh. I really would like to get Ferris involved with that when he's a little bit older. I don't know if there's an age, Kathy, but I know they have diff- uh, three different reading levels. Oh, okay. On there. I, I, I think Katie's a little too old. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of my granddaughter. I was about to say, I was just thinking of Julie yeah. and Allison. I think this is a great idea, but please, please, please. Don't let this replace you reading to your child. No, no, no. Right. right. Cool. They have a slogan, playing with books, not just reading books. Interesting. Cool. Well, thank you, Corey. Anything else for housekeeping? Uh, we have, have our... Oh. I win because it's a prize. <laughs> okay. We have a prize to give yes. away. Yes. Um, our January email winner is John Gallahorn, and he chose number 11. Number 11 for John Gallahorn. have won a $25 gift certificate good at any Disney store or Disney theme park. Thanks for listening and congratulations. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Still hasn't no one's going to beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to always remember that. Julie, it was my show. It was her show. She got to give away a, a podcast cruise. All right. Anything else? Me over here. Oh, Miss Teresa. Uh, we got a box, or I got a box in the mail this week from um, Tim and Leslie on the boards. They knew I was in search of Girl Scout cookies, so they sent me some Girl Scout cookies, which I was told I didn't have to share. You you couldn't go to any Publix and get Girl well, Scout cookies. Well, they weren't Walmart. When I, I also when got I her wanted, Girl Scout yeah, cookies. Yeah, she also got me Girl cookies. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, but in the box also, she. So you've sent- taken a trolling for food now. <laughs> I did not ask. Okay, I, can't find I just Cheetos. We were talking about. Okay, listen. We were talking about Girl Scout cookies, weren't we, Julie? Yes, back me up. We're we just were. about how much we loved them. So they sent me some. Also, they sent us um, some peanut brittle and some chocolate cookies from a place local to them. And I'm supposed to share that with y'all. So I did bring that for snacks. Okay, just Good make deal. sure it leaves the house with you. Okay, I don't want it. So That's the thank last you, thing I need because I, I still go grazing at two o'clock in the morning. So, <laughs> and it gets ugly sometimes. If there's nothing in the house, boy, I'm tearing this room apart. And the cute card was adorable too. Maybe there's a piece of chocolate on the floor. <laughs> 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 He's gonna be drinking that jar. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Once my blood sugar go through the roof. Okay, cool. Anything else? All right, then we will move on to the news with John Magi. I have to get like news music for you. You do, or one of those little clickers. Well, actually, uh, one of our listeners, Keith Copeland, uh, who's a news anchor in Syracuse, uh, sent me some uh, sent me a soundbite. I just got to get it put in. Uh, sent me a soundbite that they use for the news. Oh yeah, that, yeah, it was discontinued. Good. Yeah. So, our first story is SeaWorld Orca Show resumes after trainer's death. 
The Orca Show at SeaWorld resumed this past weekend with a photo montage memorial for trainer Don Branchow, who had been killed days earlier by an orca in front of horrified spectators. The show had been shut down since the trainer died last Wednesday after a 12,000-pound killer whale na- named Tillycum grabbed her and pulled her into the water in front of about 20 spectators. Um, the whale trainers received a standing ovation Saturday from the crowd of more than 2,000, but the trainers did not enter the water. SeaWorld officials have said trainers would not swim with the orcas until a review of what happened to Ms. Bradshaw is complete. The SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment President, Jim Atchison, has said that Tillycom will remain an active contributing member of the team, but the whale did not perform Saturday. A funeral for Dawn Branshaw was held Monday, Mar- Monday morning, March 1st, in Chicago. Her family said that they are also planning to have a memorial service in Orlando, in Orlando at a later date. I just saw an interesting thing this morning on CNN. I get a lot of my news from CNN.com, and one of the things they had was a video segment that a year or two ago there was an OSHA investigation of SeaWorld, and OSHA said that it was a matter of time before one of the whales killed somebody, Hmm. that the the trainers should not be in the water. And SeaWorld petitioned, Anheuser-Busch petitioned, and OSHA recanted that. It went from an 18-page report to a 10-page report, or an 8-page report. I'm sorry. They took 10 pages out, and they took that recommendation out. And this has people up in arms that this was this is a safety hazard. And if, if I'm not mistaken, aren't they basically blaming her now for this? No. Saying what, she shouldn't have had a ponytail? Well, what they're saying is that there are certain procedures that they were following that now they're going to change. The ponytail was a mistake that she should not have had that. However, it was never in their procedures to not to have a ponytail. Also, the other thing, too, is um, the whales should, the trainer should not be in any water when that whale is out. That whale is not... um, She wasn't the first. Right. That whale is not part of the whale show. And their general rule of thumb was that no one should be in the water at all, even on that little platform. With Tilly. Right. One of the things I did read... Uh, this is all over the news. I mean, Especially is, here yeah. in Orlando. Yeah, you, can't, you can't turn on TV without hearing it. Is um, Someone likened it to if something brushed your face. Let's say you were just out and about and something brushed your face. You would just make a reaction to brush it away. That's what the whale did. Her ponytail hit the water. It was just a natural reaction to that thing happening. So it's not necessarily her fault. It's a procedural Problem. But okay. did you read they did um, interviews with the cast members that were there that they mm-hmm. all had different yes opinions of, of what, they what actually happened? I'm sorry, we have to take humans have to take responsibility for this accident. I think this is a tragedy, and I am so sorry for her family and for her. She was doing what she loved, but humans have to take responsibility for this. This is our fault. We've taken an animal and caged it for our entertainment, yeah. and I'm, I'm not a PETA. Right, right. No but he's me. been in captivity for what over twenty something years. Matter. I'm so saying, taken, like that's right, exactly. Right. We've taken I'm a natural an animal <laughs> with natural instincts and caged it. We've trained it to do things that we think are entertaining. We cannot blame this animal when it did something that's no. natural to its right. being. Right, exactly. It's it's a human error. It's our fault. I'm not suggesting that it's her fault. I'm suggesting that we as humans have to say to ourselves. Is this really the entertainment that we should be enjoying? 
the other thing too is at the end of the day this is a business and they said that this whale is worth 1.3 mm-hmm. billion dollars billion with a b with a b because business. of the amount of money it brings in but also excuse me oh, also because the wrong business really <laughs> also because of the fact that it's a male and it's, it's already the sired largest, uh, uh, it's killer the whales. largest stud fee Talikum is responsible for a great many of mm-hmm. the orcas in captivity which is scary because of his temp, well, yeah, you wonder. Of, yeah, it makes yeah. you wonder. Yeah, but I mean, again, it's not a temperament thing. It's a natural. This well, is what yeah, this animal does. But it's not like he time. jumped out of the ocean and grabbed somebody. It's not like he jumped out of his thing, went rampaging through downtown Orlando, and then jumped back in the water. We're in his environment. We yeah. put him in a cage. Now, again, please don't. I, I I understand. I have no problem eating meat. I really don't. It's just that in this situation. We, we've done this to this animal. We've taken him from... He was caught off the coast of Iceland, I believe, at two years old. So for, he's 27, I believe. For you, mean, old. you mean we here at the table? We as humans. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So for 25 years, we've kept him in a cage. It, it and just, these, I, I looked up the life expectancy of a killer whale. I know in the wild, it's supposedly like 50 to 60 years, but can go up to like 80 or 90. So And they say they're just going to keep this whale and... Until he dies? Well, they have to at this point. They couldn't release him. But still, what kind of life is that for him? In in the wild, animals have a couple of basic needs. They need safety and they need food. And I understand that this is uh, being... These things are being provided. I also sit on the fence on this because I think these animals... The exposure to them makes people aware of the plight of other animals. So... There's an educational level. Mm, there's an educational yeah. value to them. But, again, we're teaching them to throw people up in the air. We're teaching them to do things that are entertaining. It's not right. just yeah. an education I mean, thing. A 125-pound woman playing with a 12,000-pound whale. Right. I mean, you know, he, I really truly really believe that he probably thought they were playing. You know, it definitely was an accident. But The same thing happened after the, the, the tiger thing with Siegfried and Roy. Yeah. Right. They were raised since, since they were pups. I don't know what you call a little tiger. Cub. Cubs. That's the word. Um, and there was a great deal of speculation. Did the tiger go crazy and eat him? And then people said no. There were people taking flash photographs in the audience. And this tiger, they think the tiger was protecting him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And drug him off stage. That's what they do with their cubs. They grab them by the back of the neck. Right. So, right. It's just... Oh, it's a tragedy. It's it a tragedy. And, uh, you know, my I think all our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of this poor woman. Um, like she said, doing what she, what she loved. So... My second story was a follow-up on that. I'm not going to read it. I think we've kind of played that one to death. Yeah. But my point is that... No puns intended. Right. We've... we've uh, you can't do anything here in Orlando without that being the news. Right. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really just been everywhere and every time you look and someone has an opinion on it. So that's why two stories And they keep releasing that. more and more new information. Right. They, I, do, I do want to tell you one thing, though. They said at this uh, show, the day this happened, there was a very small audience. It was a Dine with Shamu show. It was, right. right. There were 20 people. The reservations for the next show, they had 2,000. Yeah. So it's one of those things that, while this is a tragedy, SeaWorld's going to see some bump in attendance from it. Yeah. True. And the other thing, too, is not to drag this on, we, we have to recognize the fact, too, that SeaWorld does very good work. 
SeaWorld saves a lot of animals mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. They have a really good rescue program. They I'm do. not blasting SeaWorld. No, at no, all. but I'm not. I think it, I think that's fair to say to them, just in general, that they good work. All right, and our next story, a little bit lighter. The Princess and the Frog has been added to Epcot's Flower and Garden Festival this year. A new egg exhibit will debut this year at Epcot's Flower and Garden Festival. Purple wrought iron gates will allow access to the Princess and the Frog wedding bayou and lead to a pathway through the trees and plants. A pond with water lilies is one of the highlights of the area. Large cutouts of the movie's characters will stand throughout the bayou instead of the traditional topiaries found in other areas of the festival. More color will be added by hanging bottles from the tree branches. Um, this area is located outside of Mouse Gear near Test Track. I love water lilies. I was just going to say, that's the, too. that's the big mm-hmm. attraction, is a pond with water lilies in it. <laughs> I'm excited about it. <laughs> I hope it replaces the creepy butterfly torture tent. Oh, no, oh, it's, no, still, it's still, still there. Would yeah. well, you make me walk through every time? <laughs> <laughs> I spray myself from head to toe with off. <laughs> the last time we walked through, this woman walked over and said to John, she was a cast member, this butterfly's dying. Would you like to hold it? <laughs> and that's when you heard. <laughs> that is not at all what I heard. I heard, I'm out of here. <laughs> I take those no pest strips and I put them on my body. <laughs> I can walk out with stuck to me. <laughs> this one's dying. Do you want to hold it? All right, John, thank you very much for the news. We will move on to Roundtable Rapid Fire because we are no longer going to do the weather. That's uh, one of the results of our survey was that you guys are really, like, over the weather. So I'm just, I'll just use it to, uh, I'll just use it to poke fun at you when you're, when you're in the cold. I think people from the north said that. I think Please stop are, the weather. Right, who are now getting inundated <laughs> with another snowstorm. Yeah, the yeah. Northeast. It's, uh, so here's the weather for you. It's not snowing where I live. <laughs> so um, we'll move on to rapid fire. And Kevin shot his hand up first. I do. I talked about this last week. We've twisted it a little bit. I would like to uh, invite everybody to join us. Besides having a thread on the boards called the Diz Book Club, we've actually decided that we're going to... Um, start a reading discussion and the first book we've chosen is the pirate latitudes by michael crichton it's the last book of his that's been published since his death it had it was not published prior to his death uh it was found on his computer in a completed form oh wow he was ready to submit this to be published he's responsible for a lot of stuff jurassic park no i've read read a lot of them do me a favor don't publish anything you find on my computer after i go John's manifesto. <laughs> like, just burn my computer when you're done. But it, there's a sticky thread at the top of the Diz Unplugged board. Uh, we're just starting. We started March 1st, and uh, one of our listeners has offered to sort of moderate the board, and it, she's going to set up. This was pretty much her idea. I've got to give credit to Nikki, Nikki Bell. And she's going to set up like a reading schedule where we read to a certain chapter and then discuss it rather than asking everybody to read the whole book. So we can discuss it as we go along. So if you'd like to join us, this is welcome. Everybody's welcome. Uh, You would have to have a copy of the Pirate Latitudes Library, Nook, Kindle, Sony Reader. You can download an audiobook version of it. Please come and join us. Cool. Thank you very much. Walter? I do have one. I got Perfecting Paradise, a magical makeover for Castaway K. The new enhancements for Disney's private island are expected to be completed by the summer 2010. Some of the new magic includes Pelican Plunge, 
It's a 2,400-square-foot floating platform of fun for everybody. You'll discover two amazing slides, including an enclosed corkscrew slide and a 140-foot slide, both ending inside the uh, lagoon. There's Spring a Leak. It's a 2,400-square-foot new play area that's great for cooling off or simply splashing around. I thought it was when you wet the bed. <clears throat> that's what it sounds like, doesn't it? There's Depends uh, Cove. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it looks like the remnants of a washed-away beach dwelling. The fun begins when you enter the storm structure, the storm weather structure created by exposed plumbing and leaking pipes. <laughs> I'm like this alley. <laughs> I feel like I need to go to Home Depot. I don't I'm sorry, people in Florida just aren't going to be amused by this. <laughs> I think it's for kids. They walk around and there's pipes dripping, and they get get wet and stuff That's like cool. that. It so cool. it'll be nice. Uh, one of the real exciting ones is the enchanting. Beach Cabana Retreat. Now you can enjoy a little piece of paradise all to yourself in one of the new 20 private cabanas. Wait. 20, he said. 20. 20. 20. I didn't I know, know what a 20 was. Yeah. Yeah. 20. 20. Oh, 20. 20. Southern, he drops letters. <laughs> I had to translate. <laughs> Hello, <don't>. Southerner. <laughs> 20. 20. New private cabanas. Now he sounds like Barbara Walters. The premium new rentals provide both privacy and luxury. There's going to be 16 cabanas at the Castaway Family Beach. There's going to be four at Serenity Bay Beach. You'd think they'd want more. At the adult. Serenity Serenity Bay is is the adult beach on on Castaway. You'd think they'd put more than four. I'm going to be honest with you. I saw um, artist renderings of them. Back where I come from, these were called tool sheds. Mm. They're yeah, not, they are rustic, but yeah. they look sort of cool. They look like when a tool shed. When is all shed. the star I, 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 All I saw was a picture of it. It said it'll be done by the summer 2000. Oh, okay. These are going to cause a lot of problems. Yeah. Everyone's going to want a cabana. Mm-hmm. What's, do we know what the procedure is going to be yet, Kathy? No, I haven't seen that or the price. Right. So, but I'm yeah, sure that's, there's that not going to be a problem with people renting them. Everyone's going to want to be online the first day they can rent mm-hmm. them, and they're going to fill but out. There, is a, there are a lot of changes coming to Castaway Key. I mean, Walter just got this in the mail. I haven't, I haven't gotten this. Uh, yeah, he gets all this stuff yeah, from, I didn't get from Disney Cruise either. Line. I get oh, nothing. I don't get that. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Walter, actually. that's where I saw the picture. Oh. Is there a picture of the cabana? There is a picture. Yeah. Does that not look like a tool shed to you? That's like where you store your lawnmower. But it's yeah, a pretty Disney much. It's tool a Castaway shed. Club newsletter that he has. I like that. And I love I the, the, the perfect little family. How many cruises have we been on? We don't get that. You might yeah. get it. Have you checked electronically? <laughs> I got mine uh, through email. Oh, you did? I'll have to check. Yeah. Gold Castaway, Walter Eccles. <gasps> and you didn't get one? I didn't get one. I got one. Actually, I didn't. My mom got one. <laughs> She's, She's been, been on, on one. a cruise. Right. <laughs> All right. Thank you uh, for that, Walter. Teresa. I have two little short ones. Um, the first one is Ellen is coming to Universal to tape two shows on March 28th. I've signed up for this. I hope so I get my I. tickets. So did I. Mm-hmm. Be cool. And the second one is I just want to remind everybody the cool. I want to see a lesbian. I'll just go to her, like a, a, a Pep Boys. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I love well, Ellen. I do love Welcome Ellen. Welcome back, Pete. Really? <laughs> <laughs> And my second one, I just wanted to remind the Florida residents of the cool four-day, four-theme park for $99 plus tax. Now until March twenty or May 25th, certain blockout dates, but um, I think it's kind of cool. Every time I get in the car, there's a commercial for I know. that ticket. I see it on TV all the time. Love mm-hmm. it. I also hear there's a rumor 
for Florida residents that they're going to offer the annual pass on a payment a plan. Mm-hmm. On a payment plan. I, I think I may have mentioned that once or twice, but Disney, the idea was not just to do it for Florida residents because we're not the only ones that have to pay five, four or five hundred dollars for an annual pass. The idea is, you know, the economy affected everybody. So make it easier for everybody. You're still going to get the same amount of money, and you'll get the same amount of money in the course of a 12-month period. You'll just help us out a little bit. Now, just a little bit, because you're raising the prices on everything else, and you're cutting back on the services that you offer. So you know what? Throw us a little bone here. This is a good start. Take it one step further and give this to everyone. The rumor I heard was Florida residents. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. That could be wrong, though. What happens if um, you do that and then people stop paying? Then your pass isn't good anymore. Well, as I'm saying, as if you bought the annual pass and you paid one or two payments, you come to Disney, you've used it, now you stop paying on it. You have to pay. Your down payment is equal to one day, one park pass. And you can... Okay. But do you understand what I'm saying? Right. Let's say someone buys that and their first month they come and they use it. And then they cancel their credit card for the next 11 months. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure Disney will come after you. Yeah. <laughs> They'll come after you. You know, I, I think the number of people that are going to do that would be paltry next to the number of people who will buy an annual pass that wouldn't buy it otherwise if they could get the price of it divided up over 12 months. I hear this a lot from people. I bought a universal pass because they, it was in, less expensive. Mm-hmm. I would love a D- Disney pass. However, I can't come up with that much money at one time. It's a lot of so money. It is. It's a lot mm-hmm. of money. And, you know, um, um, you could even charge a little more for the, uh, for, the, for the payment plan. Charge a little bit more. Charge an extra $2 a month, $3 a month yeah. for the convenience of it. Under $1,000 for that'll us that'll cover, mm-hmm. that'll cover uh, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, any people who... You know, do what you were talking about, John. Buy it and then cancel their credit card. So you have an insurance policy. I don't think anybody would complain if there was a slight premium added to that. You need it. I mean, a family of five or whatever, you can't afford that big. You're talking even if you just get the the cheapest pass available. A family of five, you're still looking at fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. Yeah, and if if the monthly payments would probably be what sixty five, seventy bucks for the family. Yep, Uh, it's doable. Exactly. I can. Stop feeding one child for that, and we'll go to Disney. Max doesn't need food. I was just saying, by the look of Max, you've already started. <laughs> you do know there's a lot of discussion on this show about you not feeding your children. Yeah. <laughs> they eat all the time. So I, I'm, um, I'm happy to hear that you know there's a possibility Disney might do it. I'm just hoping they uh, don't just limit it to Florida residents. Everybody, everybody should get a shot at this. Uh, Universal does it. SeaWorld does it. Come on now. Uh, stop being arrogant, because that's all this is. This is just plain arrogance. We're Disney. We don't have to do that. You know, no, you don't have to do it. I'll give you that. You don't have to do it. But you know, it would be a gesture of amazing goodwill to the people who are so devoted to your product that even in spite of the economy, they are going bending over backwards trying to figure out how they're going to pay for their vacation. And throw them a little bone. We've already had to deal with the fact that you've raised the prices on everything. And you've cut back. You've cut back on shows. You've cut back on attractions. You've cut back on a number of things. So we're getting less and paying more. Okay. You know, that stinks. And not all of us are that thrilled about it. But throw us a bone somewhere. Throw us a bone somewhere. We deserve it. We're loyal. The people who are buying your annual passes are buying them for a reason. They're loyal fans. Show them some love. 
instead of just kicking them in the butt and expecting them to come back the next year because eventually that that model is going to not work out for you so well. You're flirting with disaster. So I'm back. <laughs> so thank you, Teresa. Corey. Uh, Fat Tuesday opens at Universal, uh, world-renowned frozen drink fun spot. Fat Tuesday opened at Universal City Walk on March 1st. It offers guests a party atmosphere with exciting, dynamic spirit of New Orleans. The original concept began on Bourbon Street more than, more than 20 years ago and offers a wide variety of colorful frozen daiquiri drinks. It's located on the upper level between Pat O'Brien's and The Groove. Signature concoctions include the 190 Octane, which is really strong, um, for its, known for its orange punch, and Peachy Senorita, made with peach nectars and purees, as well as frozen favorites such as creamy pina coladas and strawberry daiquiris. Fat Tuesdays, um, Fat Tuesdays locations are located, uh, there are 20 of these locations in nine states with stores in Key West, Phoenix, Philadelphia, Las Vegas, and Miami. Can't wait. Yeah, this is, uh, this is turning into a charming uh, roundtable for me, uh, Girl Scout cookies and booze. <laughs> <laughs> you know. There are so many New Orleans-themed uh, locations and events at Universal. You have Pat O'Brien's, you have Emeralds, you have Fat Tuesday, you have Mardi Gras. Universal New Why Orleans. Because it's fun. Yep. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> I think and all of New Orleans revolves around drinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and partying. Yeah. I think Universal's tapped into a market and I think they're very smart. And Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that. <laughs> and Catholicism. <laughs> you yes, would not what believe I think the Catholic, amount. <laughs> when I think Catholicism, I think Universal Orlando. I, think, I was thinking New Orleans. <laughs> I think Peachy Senorita when I think a church. I don't What was the name of it? Peachy Senorita. Peachy Senorita. Fat Tuesday is where we um, watched the Saints Super Bowl in Miami. It was full of New Orleans fans. I like strawberry colada. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Julie. Thank you, Corey. Mrs. Martin. Well, Velvet Sessions for this month is going to be Blue Oyster Cult. You guys know it takes place on the last Thursday of every month, except for November, December. It'll be in the lobby of the Hard Rock Hotel. And it'll, uh, they always feature a different band. You have complimentary cocktails, and it's a limited selection of complimentary cocktails. And they have butler served hors d'oeuvres starting at 6.30. It's $30 at the door, but if you go online and ask for an invite, it's 25 And you get early admission at 6 p.m. with your free specialty drinks. <laughs> I'm looking at Walter's Walt Walter's holding up his <laughs> virtual Zippo lighter on his iPhone. I would love to do this. I just am waiting for somebody I want to see. Yeah, you'll keep waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you will. <laughs> I would love for them to have somebody like Darlene Love. Yeah, they won't bring Bette Midler. <laughs> no, I mean, she's kind of... Share. I would like to see somebody like Darlene Barbara Love. Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand at Velvet Sessions. That's or Darlene I mean. Love. Barbara Streisand. Who is that? Darlene Love. I don't know either. I don't know, but she was before your time. You don't know? I do know who she is, but I don't know how to explain it to you. She was one of the Phil Spector girl groups. Okay. 50s, 60s girl group. And she lived sound. to tell the tale. <laughs> she is. Uh, she's on David Letterman, usually two days before Christmas every, every year. Right. She, it's on the same show where Jay, somebody, Jay Gould, Jay, who's the guy that throws the football she's, at the but pizza? She comes and sings. She sings Christmas, baby, please come home. Hmm. Okay. Mm. She was one of the crystals. Okay. Okay. All right, thank you for that. Mrs. This ran right into a iceberg. <laughs> yeah, really. 
Kathy, what do you have? Um, Flower and Garden opens tomorrow, runs through May 16th. Um, I know there's a number of us are going to go over and check it out, but they came up with a couple new things this year, and one of them they have a like a breakfast meal. It happens three different times. It's a two-hour thing that they're going to feed you with some of the food that they grow right there in the land, and they talk to you about gardening and some things. I thought I would be interested in that. Uh, you know, I've always wanted to try. You know how they always say when you go through on the boat ride that they grow the food for use in their restaurants? Mm-hmm. It would be nice to have a meal where they just did that. We so. were in the park the other day, and I was surprised by the fact that usually you see the topiaries all clumped in the little display sections. The topiaries seem to be spread out more and more themed to the areas that they were in. And there's there's supposed to be a really neat garden in morocco that's got a fountain in it that wasn't that's not open yet as a matter of fact we use the family restroom in morocco and there's a there's shielding around it however there is a door in the shielding that says hosts and hostess only we peeked in we did we opened the door and typically they put the flower the the themed garden as you come into epcot that's done the night before it opens so tonight they would be doing that i have to tell you though the, the topiaries we saw just in that little area were great aurora dancing with Prince Philip, Philip, Philip and uh, <laughs> uh, Cinderella dancing with Prince. Charming. What was one of the things in near France? They had Beauty and the Beast, the topiary, and then they had Belle and Beast signing autographs right behind their topiaries, which was kind of cool. Oh, that's nice. One of the complaints we've seen in previous years was not not enough topiaries, and they seem to really have kicked it up. Cool. Well, thank you for that, Kathy. You're welcome. Um, I was doing some. Uh, some research online. I was on Disney's website looking at some spa information, and uh, I didn't realize this was out there. Uh, Disney is offering, uh, just uh, download it and print it out at home, a $50 gift certificate, um, good at either the spa and health club at the Grand Floridian or the spa at Saratoga Springs, $50 towards the cost of one of the following combined services. 50-minute Swedish massage, a 50-minute facial, 50-minute um, Swedish massage, manicure-pedicure combo, or 50-minute facial-manicure-pedicure combo. So uh, that, I thought, was pretty cool, $50 off. Where'd you get that? Uh, on Disney's website. Disney.com? Disneyworld.com, oh, yeah. Wow. Looking at spy information. Um, and they also have, uh, I, th- I think that's for combined services. You have to get, you know, two of those. Uh, to get the $50, but you can also get $15 off. This is also available on the site. $15 off any one of the following Swedish massage, uh, 50-minute Swedish massage, 50-minute body treatment, or a 50-minute facial. I thought that was pretty cool. So we'll have a link to that on the show notes page, along with everything we discussed here in our roundtable rapid-fire section. That's at podcast.wdwinfo.com. John, what do you have? I just want to talk uh, real quick about Podcast Cruise 2.0. Tracy's telling me that she's starting to see some of the category staterooms are going up in price, and some of them are selling out. So if you're on the fence about Podcast Cruise 2.0, please go talk to Tracy, Tracy at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com, and get on that cruise. We don't want anybody to be left out. Uh, we don't want you to wait too long and then have the price go up. And and folks, I just want to uh, you know not to not to sound like I'm shilling for the cruise, but yeah, I am. Um, John is uh, you know John is our our king of planning these events. 
uh, in terms of coming up with surprises. He's working on some cool stuff. You do not want to miss this cruise. You really do not want to miss this cruise. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. So Also, the more people we have... The more we can do. The more we can do. Yep. The more clout we're going to have and the more special events we're going to be able to do and things that no one else has done. Yep. So that's a, a hint I want to give people. Just a reminder, please go. Book now. You can cancel if you're not able to, to go. We're going to send you balance due reminders well in advance of your final payment. So if at that time you say, listen, I really can't go, you'll be outside the penalty period. Better to be booked and holding your space than to wait. Yeah, if you think there's a, sh- a chance you can go, please sign up. Sign up. Like John said, you know, uh, there is a, a point at which you can cancel and there's no penalty for that. And we'll make sure that everybody knows about that. But if you think you might want to join us, uh, then you definitely should. So thank you for that, John. All right, that will do it for Rapid Fire for this week. We're going to move on to our first segment and talk to Kathy Whirling, who had a chance to go check out Gatorland and has a report for us. Kathy? Yeah, February was Florida resident. They had a special. It was $9.99 a person to go to Gatorland. And $999? Yes, yes. Not $9.99. And they do this quite often. And the thing that was nice about it is, is you could apply that towards an annual pass, which I think is 40-something. Now, I don't know that I'd go to Gatorland that many times to use an <laughs> annual pass, but... Gatorland, to me, is like if you want to see old Florida, it's a great place, and it's close to the theme parks. It was considered like a theme park before Disney and everybody built around here. But they're located over on Orange Blossom Trail, and it's real easy to get there from Disney. I think from Disney property, it took me maybe 15 minutes. Um, If you've been to Gatorland in the past, in 2006, I saw that John wrote about it back then, that there was a fire. And since the fire, they've actually made the place a lot nicer. There's a little plaque on the floor that shows you now outside where the gift shop used to be. But now they've built like this whole big complex, but they also updated it. And I was really surprised to see the lines of people waiting to get into Gatorland. I got there early, maybe about 10. By the time I came out at one something, there was a line like out into the parking lot for people waiting to get into Gatorland. We live not far from there. Gatorland is never not crowded. It's one of those things that the parking lot is almost always full. And they did add another parking lot from before because it used to be they had like this little dirt area that you would park in. And now they've got like another big lot, but they really could use another lot there for when it gets busy. But you go up to the window and if you've got... um, you know, you're a Florida resident, you just show them your driver's license or whatever. But um, we'll talk about the pricing a little bit first. But it's cheaper if you get your ticket online. If you're an adult, the ticket is nineteen ninety nine online. It's twenty two ninety nine if you buy it at the gate. And for a child, it's eleven ninety nine online and it's fourteen ninety nine at the gate. But you more than get your money's worth because not only do they have all the shows and attractions and the animals but there's a splash park for the little kids that um they can go in there and play little baby gators that attack them (laughs) (laughs) actually there was a couple you know they had fake gators sitting there but at first glance as you walk by you they're like oh those look real and they've redone some of their areas um the favorite thing that i like there is the name of the show is the gator jumperoo show (laughs) and 
they <laughs> they redid that area, but nothing beats watching them hang a chicken out like on a string and watching these gators jump mm. up to get the chicken. It's a very deliverance moment. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a live chicken? No, no. I wish I had some banjo music. They run a chicken out on a coat hanger to the middle of this pond. You got a pretty little mouth. are very interesting. I've always found them very interesting. I think in this, you know, for all of our listeners that always are fascinated and we always say about in every pond there's a gator. This is a place to go where you can see them like up close, but you know you're safe. That you don't have to worry about you know is the gator eating you, right? But I did see a lot of parents like putting their kids up on the railing to look over at the gators. Smart. And of course, there's big signs that say you shouldn't do that. But I'm wondering how often a kid falls in. I just want to what? Am I there still there? Yeah, you're here. Okay. It's a different kind of jumperoo. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know that's just thinning the herd. That's just getting, that's just getting rid of the dumb people. That's I never nat- thought of it that way. That's natural selection at its best. If your child gets eaten by a gator because you dangle them over a fence, it's a very Michael Jackson, Steve Irwin thing to do. Oh, As you walk in, there's one. There's like a little island. And there's a couple gators. Don't over. look at me like that. Don't you remember when he like hung Bumpy over the uh, alligators uh, or whatever yes, the name is? Uh, no, Bumpy? it was it was the um, the baby boy when he was born, Bob. Baby Bob, baby okay. boy Bob. Sorry. But anyway, there's this island out there that they've got a big sign up that says that this one particular gator like rules the island, and the the people that work there have to go out and cut the grass on the island, <laughs> and they have said that the the gator has like grabbed three weed whackers and a lawnmower from the guy out there. Okay, maybe stop sending people. Leave the grass alone. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, That's something I'd want to see. Yeah, how do you, do you volunteer? That I'd pay for. Do you volunteer for that? Do you, you know, like, hey, no. it's your turn to go out and cut the grass? I'm sure that's week? the new guy's job. It's the, it, it's the short straw kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, other than that, you didn't really see too many workers up close with the gators. Oh, they don't have alligator wrestling? Yes, I'm getting to oh. get that. That that was the cool part. I had never seen them wrestle the gators. But you walk in and there's like the sh- they give you a show schedule. They give you a big map, tells you where everything's at, and then you can just sort of leisurely walk through. Um, they also had a special while I was there. It's been going for the last couple months that they have a white gator. They have four white gators, mm-hmm. and they're not albinos. They are. The, the name of them is, I'm not even going to try, leucistic. It's L-E-U-C-I-S-T-I-C. And it's from a recessive gene. They're not albinos. And mm. instead of having red eyes like al- albinos do, they have bright blue eyes. We did a story on that a while back. This was a big uh, thing for them to get these alligators. That's how rare they are. And, you know, the, they're beautiful. I saw the photo. The stories say that if you look into the eyes of the, the you know, the blue eyes, it, it'll bring you luck. You know, I haven't I haven't gotten any lucky things lately. But oh, the um, weed whacker guys, that. <laughs> <laughs> but there's it's interesting because Gatorland has a sense of humor, and at different exhibits they'll have like little signs, like they had a, a parrot exhibit, and they're like, "No, I don't want a cracker," um, you know, just little things like that. And out in the swamp, there was a tree that was like low hanging. And they're like, you know, duck, duck, goose. No, you know, you need to duck because of your head. I'm not doing it justice. But mm-hmm. there's 
just a lot no, of like you're John not. runs yeah. Gatorland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's just a lot of, and then like there's um there was one another big gator that was there that he had been um menacing people on a golf course. So they have like his story and when you see them, I mean, you know, some of these all gators are pretty big, but some of them are really really big. And Gatorland seems to be the place that when any kind of place has a problem with a gator, the gator comes to Gatorland. Mm-hmm. That's where they live out their days. And in the big pond out in front, there's one they call Broken Jaw because apparently he got in a fight with another alligator and he ate the alligator's leg off. But this fight took place like overnight. And as these two alligators were fighting, the one gator broke this alligator's jaw so he can hardly open his mouth so they have to like cut up the food for this particular gator poor little guy so it's just interesting because i said everywhere you go they've got a sign and they tell you something about the area they also had a little room and i thought of walter because they had a room full of parakeets which apparently back when florida was you know wild and rustic a lot of like parakeets and whatever hung out but now they don't do that anymore. But for a, a dollar, they would give you a little stick with food on it that you could feed the birds. And it was funny watching it because they tell you as you go through not to like lift up your feet like you normally walk to shuffle your way through because there was so many birds in this room. And it was, you know, it was funny and it was sad at the same time. But watching some of the young kids like freak because you put that stick out and no kidding, you had like 20 birds like on you, around you. You know, another thing you can do. Part I liked probably the best. Oh wait, so you're you're, you're taking this stick and like you're you're in the middle of these mm-hmm. birds, right? You're in the room with the birds. So kind of like when we did the lorikeets. And mm-hmm. uh, okay. And it was it's only a dollar, so it's like cheap entertainment. Either you know, are you they like be, flying at your face and stuff like Hitchcock or what? Yeah, they, they, just, they call it the Tippy Hedron experience. <laughs> it's just you know a bunch of parakeets. I mean, we used to um, have parakeets at home, and I thought they were pretty. You know, but when you've got a whole room full of parakeets, it could be a little overwhelming. And they have like a petting zoo for the kids, and you can feed them. But the part that I like the best is you can like, they have a, a You swamp. can feed what? The, different animals? Yeah, yeah. different animals. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know, like um, a turkey and goats. and. Is like that really chip- well separated from the alligators? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. There's a resort down in Central Florida, and they had a petting zoo. And every morning, they people would wake up, and there was carnage out front because oh, the Florida geez. Panthers were eating the petting zoo. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's weird. They had to do away with it. So. I wonder, yeah, you know, now that I think about it, I wonder if they have any problems with some of that stuff. But anyway, you can take a swamp walk, and it's actually out in the swamp. And it was interesting. They showed you, like, what you were looking at, like some of the different ferns. And there's one cypress tree in the swamp that's been there for 500 years that they said that that area you know used to be heavily populated with trees but most of them in the early 1900s they came in and cut them all down and for some reason this 500 year cypress was still there and then there was another part as you walk through the swamp you could see like all the tops of the uh, cypress trees were gone and that was from the hurricane that we had Mm. a couple years ago and it's just interesting to walk through and see you know what it looks like, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that, you know, that's a, a safe way to see a swamp rather than trying to, you know. Go out into the wild on your own. Yeah, don't go out in the swamp by yourself. Right. I prefer to watch the swamp from the turnpike. 
That's as close as I like to get well, to. Well, and that's the same thing like with my pictures of the alligators because it looks like I was like mm-hmm. right next to the alligator. Trust me, I got nowhere near the alligators. <laughs> it was my zoom on my camera because you don't want to get there. But I also learned too, um, you know, there's some miss. I posted this on the, the board the other day about this and this lady goes, oh, I want to know the answers. Um, when I went to the gator wrestling area that they asked people, What's the most dangerous part of an alligator? Is it the head or is it the tail? Tail. It's the tail. Well, you're wrong. It's the head because I said the tail too. And it's no, like, I would think yeah, those those teeth. Yeah, that's well, what they. Like, yeah, you, but you could survive the head by the. Yeah, but you could probably survive that. But I, I thought it was a trick question. Yeah, that's why I said tail. Well, I said <laughs> I said tail, and you know, like half the people in the stadium said tail, and the guy goes. No, see, is it's a, the part with the big teeth. Right, that's pretty <laughs> much the how the dangerous. how the guy explained that. And is it better to zigzag when you see an alligator yes. or to run yes. straight? Yes. Zigzag. Zigzag. zigzag, they can't. No, the answer is to run straight. Really, I thought they couldn't run. I thought yeah, they could run fast straight, and but zigzag they can't. That's, they what, can't I, that's do. what I thought. Yeah, well, that's what I thought too. Until the trainer told me this, and I figured since he works with alligators, like he must. Thank God, words. I have not encountered an alligator in the wild. Aren't you supposed to boil up in late? No, that's a bear. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> But then they had another area um, in the back area. That's their breeding ground. And this lake is just huge. And everywhere you looked, you saw a gator in the water and in the grass and in the, you know. But it's neat because the bird, the, there's also a lot of birds that nest back there. And to see the two of them, like the bird nest over top of the gators and they're there, like, you know, most times they leave each other alone. But mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, a bird is a little bit dumb and ends up as alligator food. But it's interesting because that's where they breed the alligators and that's where they do their thing. But that's also where people go back and try to feed the gators. And I know I've told this story off air to people, but one time we went because people on the disboard said to bring your own hot dogs to feed the gators. Well, somebody didn't get the message the other day when I was there that you're really not supposed to bring in food to feed the gators. But on the back of the one gator was um, two hot dogs sitting Mm -hmm. there. So then that was the entertainment for people was waiting to see if one of the gators was going to go over to this gator and get the two hot dogs off The last time I was in Gatorland, this will tell you how long ago it was, people used flash cubes. And there was one gator, and it seemed like it had become sport. It was like, I actually thought it was animatronic. It had like six flash cubes down the middle of its back. (laughs) Jeez. Now, did they tell you this mating pond? Do they move the gators in and out of there, or how does that work? Like, no, mainly those like, those particular gators that are in there. Oh, those are those are the breeders. Yeah, those are the breeders. Okay, gotcha. And I says, but there's a number of areas that that have gators, but it's sort of like they all have their own little area for doing whatever. But Gatorland also has, if you you want to see what's going on, they have a webcam that goes, and you can go onto the Gatorland website and watch what the gators are doing in this particular pond. And they also have like a big tower that you can... Yeah, I'm sorry. There's something wrong with you. You sit and watch a webcam of gators laying around. <laughs> and like there's none from Peter Pan. Like no. none of them have a big clock in their stomach and sing. He was a no. crocodile anyway, though. You know, some of them, you can see they're, <laughs> they're quite ass. The facts ruin the joke. <laughs> You know, it's just, it's interesting. I said, and again, it's a good, safe way to see them. And then they have a, like a little train ride. Um, you have to get a little wristband and you can ride the train for $2 all day. And it takes you back through some of the areas. Um, and they have some like little scenes that look like, you know, the, the gators attack, attacking the airboat. 
and they show you a little bit about the history that this started in 1949. And this guy who lived down here was trying to think of a way to, you know, promote it a little bit more. So he would take some of his biggest gators, put them in his trailer, and he would take his truck up along the East Coast, and he would charge people like 10 cents of viewing to see the alligators. And that's what would enable him to keep Gatorland going until the next summer when he went back out again. So I thought, you know, that, you know, they don't do that kind of stuff anymore, but that would have been sort of interesting to be, you know, on the Jersey Shore and go to this guy's truck and there's a gator. But then uh, as you're on the train and you're coming around, they also had some cows that apparently, you know, ran wild down here. And they should, like the cracker style, the Florida house. So if you're not up on, like, your Florida history or you're into that kind of stuff, they show you that on the train ride. And then they drop you off. We were in luck that we got to stop and see the Gator Wrestling Show. Now, that's another one I've seen it on TV. and I've Pinch seen me. And it's <laughs> it is cool to watch. I saw it when I was 11. You know, some of that stuff, when you see it on TV, you're like, yeah, okay, he's going to wrestle a gator. But when you see it up close and personal, all of a sudden you get the danger that he's in. So he's like in a little, this was, the guy's name was Mark, and I had, you know, I hope he gets paid extra for gator wrestling. (laughs) But, you know, he went and grabbed like a gator by his tail, and I don't know if, there was like six of them in the pen, so I don't know if there's ones that are a little more agreeable to this. What was he wearing? The gator? No, Mark. The gator wrestler. It was like a little wrestler outfit. The gator had a mask and a cape. That's what I was asking. (laughs) I used to work with a woman who was... Who was married to a gator wrestler? Yeah, this guy was just you know like jeans, mm-hmm. khaki shirt. Okay, work, so it wasn't you know, like a little work clothes. Oh, he didn't yeah. have on the little doctari outfit with no. this. Oh, no, that, they used to wear the little bush outfit. Yeah, no, this is you know like anybody you could see, and there was another guy I guess like there in case something would happen that he could come, you know, rescue him. But he showed oh, you, you must have been there on casual gator wrestling day, <laughs> <laughs> casual Fridays. Oh, I need to find out then when they dress up. But anyway, he started out, you know, just like showing you the gator and moving them around and everybody got like their picture with the gator. And then he started doing the things that, you know, like opening the mouth. And then he moved to the the tricky ones where he like got the mouth open and then he'd stick his chin on the chin of the gator. You know, and everybody's like, oh, and I'm, I'm sure there's something to it. But again, going back to the wild animal thing. I wouldn't vouch for this alligator knows what he's supposed uh, to be doing. My understanding is these alligators are very well fed so that there's not that Xanax. Right. There's not that need to feed as you know much as yeah, still. still <laughs> right. You don't want to do it. But that's now, my how, how long do you think it would take someone, you know, on average to see everything you want to see at Gatorland? You could probably do a whole day. Really? I, I probably probably it's large it. enough to, to absorb. I think so if you've got like kids that want to go to the water park part of it you could do like I said I did three hours or whatever just walking through and I didn't see all the shows because they have up close encounters with animals they have the gator wrestling they have the jumperoo so and what's the normal admission price I know you paid nine ninety nine, but what's for- $19.99 if you do it online twenty two ninety nine if you buy it at the door. That's for adults? Yeah, that's for adults. Kids was eleven ninety nine and fourteen ninety nine if you bought it at the door. So if you're gonna do like a water park and and they, they have food in there too, so you could you could eat while you were there. Do they serve gator? 
Do you know? I was wondering. Yes, that. they did. They yeah. used to. I, I yeah, know. they had gator bites. And That's you could get kind of bizarre. Gator. And you That's just get, kind of bizarre. You yeah, could gator, get gator jerky too. Yeah. So I said, you know, it it was a fun day. I mean, it was. It sounds fun. It was educational, and I said, you know, you could spend more time. I didn't do like the up close shows because I've seen a lot of that stuff already, and I missed the Jumperoo show. I would have liked to have seen that, but to see all the gators and everything, it really is. And if you're you've gone to Disney a number of times, I really think it's something you should put on your social calendar to, to what's come the, down. What's the schedule of shows? How many times a day do they do the jumperoo? How many times do they do the wrestling? Uh, let's see. They did the wrestling one, two, three, four times a day. Um, up close encounters, they do four times. It looks like everything's four times a day, and the wrestling. I just did a search for how to survive an alligator attack. I found this funny. Difficulty, challenging. Uh, <laughs> step one, run in a straight line because alligators can, only, uh, can run 10 miles an hour, but only for a short distance. I thought this was funny, too. Step two, get on its back. <laughs> if the alligator attacks you on land, push down on its neck to force its head down. And, of course, step five, scream repeatedly as loud as you can to attract help. <laughs> I would think that would be number one. <laughs> Um, who, do you, who would you say is the audience uh, for Gatorland? Is it families? I would say families, probably. I can't see... With like, younger kids? No, I think, you know, anybody... You think teenagers are going to be interested in Gatorland? You might do it a little bit faster, but I think they would, if you've never probably been to Florida... Probably the wrestling, for sure. Yeah. But talking about how to escape the gator, the guy says, you know, you don't have to, to run really fast. If you're with somebody, just make sure you trip the other guy so they get... <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know it, it's worth going and, and seeing, and it's very old Florida. It is, yeah, very much. And, you know the price isn't bad. Mm-mm. No, not at all. It's and a reasonable been, day. He's been around a lot longer than Disney's been around. Oh yeah, yeah, nineteen forty nine. We were. It was big news when they the, they had the fire, and I remember driving home from work. I worked in a different job at the time, and it's one of those things that's been around so long. I waited in line. There was a person standing out front with a bucket, and I waited in line to make a donation to rebuild Gatorland. It's just one of those things that yeah. should stay here forever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, great. Thank you very much for that, Kathy. Appreciate the review. We're going to move on to our next segment. Kevin Close has his dining review of the Rosen Crown in the UK Pavilion over in Epcot. So, Kevin, what'd you think? This one's going to jump around a little bit. Uh, we decided to go uh, the other day. It was a beautiful day out. We had uh, escaped some of the cold and damp weather in Florida, so we decided to head into Epcot, and we hadn't done Rose and Crown, so we decided to give that a shot. On our way into the park, we met uh, two Dizzers, Bill and Kim from San Antonio, Texas. We ran into them uh, uh, at uh, the Otsman Steakhouse they on told Saturday us. night. Uh, so now they all think we just hang out in the park. So right. <laughs> Bill and Kim are of the idea that we just are there all the time. They were very, very nice. They had just eaten at the Rosen Crown. I asked them what they thought of it. I'll tell you what their reaction was after the review. We made our way to... Now, we actually made good time getting to Epcot. We parked and were inside faster than we thought. So we actually arrived quite a bit earlier than our reservation. I approached the podium and I said to the young lady behind the desk, we're here an hour beforehand. Our reservation was for 3 o'clock. We were here at 2 o'clock. I said, is there a problem with seating us early? We're, we don't mind waiting, but if we could be seated at now, it would be great. And she said, well, that will depend on how busy we are. 
And I stood there waiting for her to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) And she just went on. I said, well, how busy are you? She goes, well, we're not. Okay. So could we be seated? Oh, okay. (laughs) I I was surprised that she didn't make that jump with me. (laughs) Uh, This is where I have to have a mini rant. If you are a person dealing with the public and you're dealing with someone in a wheelchair, assume that the person in the wheelchair is capable of speaking to you and answering you and looking at you. Please, it's really offensive to talk over the head of someone in a wheelchair. Uh, The hostess said to me, now my mom's sitting directly in front of me, and she says to me, will she be staying in the chair? It's gotten to the point where I just won't answer. I just, I refuse to answer that question. You have a right, the person in the wheelchair is a person. You have to talk directly to them. This also happened to you at uh, Cat Cora's Cuisina. Exactly. If the person in the wheelchair speaks to you, do not look at me pushing the wheelchair. Answer the person in the wheelchair. I, I'm sorry. I know this is a personal pet peeve, but it is a pet peeve. It's not even a pet peeve. It's an annoyance. Well, it's downright rude. It is. Yeah. If the person asks you a direct question, respond to them. They have that right. You're, you're under that obligation to answer that person. Talking over their head like they're not there, I know it might be easier. It's wrong. Moving ahead. We walked into what basically was an empty restaurant. Um, I don't know how many tables there are inside, but I think there were probably five of them that had people at them. Two o'clock on a... What day did we do this? Was it Sunday? Because it was nice Sunday. It was Sunday. What night did you eat it? Saturday night. Yep, so it was Sunday. I apologize. We were brought our menus, and as you know, people who work in... The restaurants around Epcot's World Showcase are from the country that they're representing. So we met a very nice young lady. I'm not going to give you her name. But she, again, spoke to John and I. And as my mom would ask her questions, she would respond to the questions, but she responded to John and I. This is a huge annoyance to people. So immediately we're off on the wrong foot. The other thing she decided to do was she decided to read the menu to us. Mm. It wasn't like, let me make a recommendation. And I'm of the belief that unless it's something that's not on the menu, you probably should let me read the menu before you go making selection. She actually like read the menu? Every item she decided to read. And it wasn't like she was telling us that, you know, it was something different than was on the menu. She'd apparently studied the menu and she was reading us the description that's under each item. And it wasn't just us. It was every table she went to. And we finally said to her, "We're, we're quite capable. Is there anything that's not on the menu that you're recommending? Oh, well, no. Everything that we have is on the menu. We're good then. Let us just take a minute with it. So we sat there and we placed our, you know, we decided what we were going to have. And as usual, everybody was going to order something different. Everybody was going to, you know, spread out across the menu so we could get a wide variety. We ordered the Rosen Crown meat and cheese selection for two. We ordered the potato and leek soup. And we ordered something called a scotch egg. The only thing we pretty much, oh, and I'm sorry, we ordered a butter poached shrimp. So of the six entre appetizers, we ordered everything except the two salads. I figure, what can you do with a salad, right? Mm. Okay. The potato and leek soup came out. 
And it was very, very, very thick. You could stand a spoon up it and the spoon wouldn't tip over. And it had a good flavor. So something that we've done is my mom will ask for a shot glass of hot milk. And almost anybody that has a cappuccino machine or an espresso machine can make steamed milk. Right. So we asked for some steamed milk to just thin the soup out a little bit. So the waitress, again, very, very nice, said, okay, and disappeared. They brought out our Rosen Crown meat and cheese selection. And if you're going there and you're looking for tidbits, this would be a, to me, this is bar food. This is something that you would order with a glass of wine. It was a couple of kinds of cheeses. One was a Stilton and one seemed to be a cheddar. I'm sure it had a different name. But the great disappearing waitress would come over and do this little rapid fire thing. I think she was put off by the fact that we didn't feel that the need to be read to. <laughs> so she would just give little short clip dancers and move away. There was a little croissant or a puff pastry kind of thing. There was a little bit of mustard. There were some pickles. There were two kinds of sausages. One was a blood sausage, and the other one... Okay, just the name alone <laughs> yeah. It skewed me, me right out, too. It tasted a lot like... Oh, you got it? Oh, we did. We had this, yeah. It was... I a, it. it was good. It was... It Is it, like, full of blood? Yeah. It's ta- it tasted ew, like... Okay, a, ew. <laughs> oh, you eat steak, and that's full of blood, too. It tasted like a... Um, but it's not, like, the se- it's not the central part of, uh, of, of the... Of the the dish. It's, it's like not called farms. bloody steak. Bloody steak. <laughs> it tasted like a, a Hickory Farms, Hickory Farms type of sausage. However, just it with had, blood coming out. Right, of it. except it had sort of this uh, more gelatinous quality. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, that just makes it so appealing. So he Please. took a bite and gelatinous <laughs> blood. Mm. Have you ever had something called summer sausage? Yeah, all the time. Okay, it's it's, Ooh, it's, it's like that. that. It's much more like that. Okay, I get summer sausage all the time from Hickory Farms. I eat it like it's my job. You might like this it then. It never bleeds. No <laughs> blood didn't come out. There's no blood involved in the process. No, here. it's not like you're cutting into something like a vein and it's spraying out at you. <laughs> it's not like carotid sausage or anything. It's, it's a just, regular solid piece of sausage. It just had a different texture. I thought it was good. John liked both of them. This was twelve ninety nine. It's It's tidbits. If you're looking to sit down and actually have an appetizer appetizer, this is tidbits. It really is. It's nibbles is what she kept calling it. Oh, these are great nibbles. Mm. Okay, great. Uh, the, uh, we also ordered something called a scotch egg. I've seen it in other places. I've seen it. I've always wanted to try it. No, no, an no, egg no, no, swimming no. in scotch. <laughs> no, that's not accurate. He's been obsessed with a scotch egg. Isn't it like a, an egg with like meat mm-hmm. around it? It is. Ever since we saw it on Gordon Ramsay. That's uh, right. Who we love, by the way. I love Gordon Ramsay. I do, too. And have you ever noticed that Gordon Ramsay, just to digress a minute, finds a reason to undress in every single show he's on? Of course. I'm Gordon Ramsay. This is my chest. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) He's got like six shows now that we've become obsessed with. I know. I love him. I love him. We watch one called The F Word. I didn't like The F Word. It's okay. okay. We digress again. We'll get back to that later some other day. It's a golden fried hard-boiled egg wrapped in sausage meat. And a mustard sauce, and then it's all rolled in panko breadcrumbs and deep fried. So uh, the the scotch egg was it wasn't bad. It's eight ninety nine. It was just I, I was disappointed. I had built this up into my head that this was going to be some sort of delicacy. It's a hard boiled egg wrapped in a thin layer of sausage meat and rolled in f- breadcrumbs and fried. And it was I was surprised that it wasn't served hot. I expected it was going to be something. Like a hot, I don't know what I was expecting. It wasn't what I expected. I asked the waitress, 
in one of her few trips to the table, was this something that, was it supposed to be served hot? And she said, no, it's served warm. It's served at room temperature. And while it was, it was okay, it just was not what I expected it to be. It just doesn't make sense. Eggs should be hot. I, I just, you know, the sausage and the egg and the whole frying thing, I expected, I don't know, like a corn fritter or something. I, <laughs> I don't know what I wanted it to be. We also ordered something called the buttered poached shrimp which was uh, um, on a barley risotto. And that's, in my opinion, a little misleading. If you're going to use the word risotto, risotto to me says rice. Right, of course. This was not rice. This was barley, which it was a little bit like buttery shrimp on grape nuts. (laughs) It just, it was... And it was like... Mm, Breakfast of champions. It was like underdone barley, too. It was like a little crunchy. Yeah, it had a little bit of crunchy texture to it, and... Barley doesn't have a whole lot of flavor to it. So it was, and the shrimp were four medium to small shrimp swimming in butter on a bit of undercooked barley. That was nine ninety nine. I thought this was completely tasteless. Yeah. I thought even if you boil shrimp regular, it has flavor. This had no flavor to me. But So we had three appetizers. We had a fourth appetizer on the table. And we were still waiting for the shot glass of steamed milk. So we're sitting there with a bowl of potato leek soup on the table with the spoon sticking up in it because it's so thick. And there is no waitress to be seen. Well, we waited quite a while until finally she showed up and she had a full carafe of steamed milk, which she put in the table and she seemed quite proud of it. Here's your steamed milk. And we all just sort of sat there and looked at each other and I said... All we needed was a little shot glass of hot milk to thin the soup out. She said, oh, you don't need this? I said, we only needed a little bit of it. And she said, do you know how long it took us to steam this whole pitcher of milk? And we said, Apparently a half an hour. Yeah, we did. We've been waiting. And so, But in her, in her defense, obviously there was a, a, a communications. You know, she didn't understand what you, what you were asking for. The fact that she would take the time. To do that, I mean, at least from a service perspective, you know, good, good on her. But I give her points for steaming a pot of steamed milk for oh, us. I don't, I don't think she did it. I think she told the kitchen to do it. However, right. we explained to her when we ordered the soup that my mom was kind of particular and likes her soup very hot. We also explained to her when she came back that the soup was a little thick and we needed a shot glass of steamed milk in order to thin out. The soup. Did, did she seem like she was in training or relatively no, new? No, not at no. all. She seemed to know her way around the, the dining room. And she was, again, she was very friendly, very nice. When we told her this information, she made it seem to us she like she understood 100% what we were talking about. Hmm. So I have to believe that she either wasn't really paying attention or didn't understand what we said at all and had yesed us right from the very beginning. So... At this point, it was either get us a new bowl of soup or take this one back. And we assumed our entrees were on the way. So we just asked her to take the soup back, that it was inedible at this point. It was stone cold. And she looked at John and I and she said, do you still want the pot of steamed milk? (laughs) And my mother, who... Bless her heart. we We kind of prep her on the way into these things. That this is not just us eating out, that 
this is a review, and if it's going to be good, it's going to be good, and if it's going to be bad, you just have to live with it, and we'll go eat someplace else. My mother doesn't really take to that too well. <laughs> she said to the woman, what would I want with a whole pot of steamed milk? And this woman, again, now she's just disappeared. She, uh, uh, She's like the little witch in the Bugs Bunny cartoons. You blink your eyes, and she's gone, and all there is is a puff of smoke. She a couple just, of hairs. Yeah, she would just disappear. <laughs> For a long time. Now, in the time when we sat down, the table next to us was empty. Another couple, they had a different waitress, came in, sat down, and ordered, and had their entrees. Now, they didn't have appetizers. Had their entrees, ate, and left. In the time that we've been sitting here waiting for our entrees. So he also got, I'm going to digress a little bit. He also got something that we were fascinated with. And Corey, you might enjoy this part of it. He got a taste of beers. And it was like five different beers that went from a very light to a very dark. And it had an explanation of each one. And I thought, if I were a beer drinker. No, I didn't. No, the guy at the next next table. Oh, oh, I was (laughs) like. No, no, no. no. Sorry. The guy at the next table who. Kevin the beer swiller. Who (laughs) him and his wife both ate and he drank five beers in the time it took us to even. (laughs) They were not big beers. They were. I I would say they were six or eight ounces of beer. If I were a beer drinker, I would have been enthralled by this. I love the pub over there. I always make a stop there. We actually, I was surprised. I, when I walk at, when I see it from the front, when you peek in, it looks much larger. Mm-hmm. From where we were sitting, I'm really surprised at how small that r- room actually is. And on going back to his beer, he had a little placemat, and each beer had a little description. So what, the, middle, the middle one was hard cider, he said. He seemed to be enjoying them. I asked him about it. So, you know, they ate and they had their beers and they paid and they were gone. And we're still waiting for our waitress to come back. Well, now a different waitress comes out. Do we tell what we ordered? Oh, I'm sorry. That's true. We ordered, my mom ordered the fish and chips. Now, the host, the waitress, when we first sat down and was in the process of reading the menu, told us, to us, told us that the fish and chips was the restaurant's signature restaurant. It's completely English. Everybody in England eats fish and chips. You have to try the fish and chips. Hmm. All right. When we told my mom we were going to Rose and Crown, my mom only likes Red Lobster tartar sauce. So we had to stop at Red Lobster because she knew she was getting fish and <laughs> oh chips God. when we left the house. Oh, so as we were coming in through the bag check, the bag check man wanted to know what that was. And I said, that's tartar sauce. <laughs> <laughs> he says to me, you brought tartar sauce with you? I said, I did. This is why the, the restaurant reviews are few and far between. <laughs> it's a chore getting us out there. It is. Now. So he says to me, so what are you going to do with the tartar sauce? <laughs> I'm going to put it on fish. <laughs> <laughs> Can I go? All right, go ahead. So this waitress comes out, and she sets down three big platters of fish and chips on the table in front of us. I forgot to tell you what we ordered. I'm sorry. Uh, John ordered the cottage pie, which is a shepherd's pie, and I ordered the chicken and mushroom pie, which, in my opinion, is a chicken pot pie. But she sets down these three big platters of fish and chips, and we thought, at this time, we had waited for so long that we thought, oh, what the heck? Let's just keep the fish and chips. We're hungry. So we're all about to dig in. We're not even going to tell her that this is not our order, and she goes, oh, wait, that's not yours, and picks all three platters up and walks away. And takes it to the table behind us. Should have like licked it really quick. Yeah. Yeah, like, 
So we're sitting there and we're waiting for our waitress to show back up again. So at this point, I I got up and walked through the restaurant. I thought, I have to find her. I'm going on a search and rescue mission. She's apparently hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Waitress down. (laughs) As I'm walking through the restaurant, another waitress comes out with a single order of fish and chips and sets it on the table and walks away. There is no sign of John's order. There's no sign of my order. So we decided at this point... I thought, I've got a rescue today. So I did something I've never done before. I called Disney Dining from my seat in the Rose and Crown. (laughs) (laughs) And I made a reservation to go to France to have dinner. Well, come to find out, you can't make a... I didn't know this. You can't make a Disney Dining reservation for within the hour. You have to make it at least an hour ahead of time. And by the time I got through to Disney Dining... Lunch was closing, I believe, at 3.30, and they weren't taking reservations till 4.30. Now, to recap a little bit, we had reservations at 3 o'clock. We got seated at 2 o'clock. Now it's 20 after 3, and I'm trying to make a reservation for like 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Our reservation for France is now at 4.30. We're in the first seating. So the waitress finally comes back, and she says, how is everything? And we said, well, we never got our orders. She said, oh... Oh, so we said, just cancel the other two orders. Just cancel them. Take them off. We're just going to go. So the three of us kind of pecked at one order of fish and chips. And for a restaurant that prides itself on this being the national dish, and uh, it was it wasn't very good. Have you ever gotten the fish and chips outside of? Mm-hmm. They're really great. Really hot. They're excellent. Great. When they serve it in the restaurant, it's like this tube of fish. It's like this. Six-inch tube, mm-hmm. and it had what sat, kind of fish is that? It had sat on a hot plate or the, under the hot lamp long oh, enough, so yeah. that when you took it off, the breading was sort of greasy, and it was not even adhered to the fish any longer. So as you cut it, you had this tube of breading <laughs> with fish in the middle, but it wasn't attached anywhere, and. You had to cut through the air pocket. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly how. The I will say this though: the chips were good. <laughs> Hard to mess How do you up? mess up french fries? Oh, we've been to places where they mess up french fries. <laughs> now, in the meantime, we also ran into another dizzer, set of dizzers, Paul and Mary from Connecticut. On the boards, he's Paul in Connecticut. He, um, they came Creative to, name. Well, they <laughs> came to our first Diz meet at the Swan Dolphin. So now I'm going to tell you, I had, we would run into uh, Kim and Bill outside of the park and they said they had eaten in the rosen crown and we said well what did you think about it and their reaction was um yeah it was okay i guess Mm. so now we're in the restaurant and we're having just the experience to end all experiences and i run into paul and mary and i said have you guys eaten yet oh yeah we're finished what did you think he said i got a burger and she said i got a reuben (laughs) i said well what did you think of it she goes we like the view from here. We think the restaurant is quaint, but that's why we ordered what we ordered. We figured we'll just get a burger and a sandwich. I thought, all right. Wow. So our experience at the Rosen Crown, I didn't think our appetizers were anything extraordinary. I thought they were expensive bar food, bar nibbles. Mm-hmm. It would be, you know, if you were in a really nice place, they would have put this stuff on the plate in front of you in order to get you to order drinks. This should have been either really cheap or almost free. 
at least the meat and cheese platter. Uh, the scotch egg, I think the only thing I can say bad about it is that my expectations for it were higher. But I think that's something that I did in my head. And the buttered poached shrimp in crunchy barley, I just would skip altogether. <laughs> and the potato leek soup had a good flavor, but it resembled wallpaper paste right out of the right out of the kitchen. And it wasn't at all something that we were happy about. The fish and chips was pretty much a disaster, except for, as John said, mediocre french fries. Stick to the outdoor kiosk. Stick to the outdoor kiosk. You can do it a lot faster. You can go sit in that beautiful garden off to the side. This just wasn't someplace I would rush back to. Now we, not, we've eaten here uh, a while ago, and I remember it being really good. However, yeah, last time I was there, was a couple times it was quite good. The menu has been dumbed down considerably. Really? They used to have a mushroom appetizer that they served with crispy um, bread. And it was like you spoon some of the mushroom and gravy onto the bread. Killer. They The fish and chips used to be awesome. They used to have a lamb and barley stew as a, a soup course. Awesome. All of that stuff has gone off the menu, and this has been dumbed down. Your choices for lunch are bangers and mash, sausage and mashed potatoes, chicken mushroom pie, cottage pie, grilled chicken breast, vegetarian shepherd's pie, fish and chips, a burger, or a uh, uh, corned beef sandwich. That's the extent of the lunch menu. Yeah. They really have taken some of the other good stuff off. I just we checked the review area on the site, and this is from 23 reviews that uh, we have at 7.5. Out of a possible 10. Yeah. We ate there for Candlelight Processional, and it's not someplace I'd go back to again. I was very disappointed. Moving ahead, we ran over to France. Um, By the time we stopped and used the restroom and moseyed our way over to France, it was about quarter after four, and we were sitting out front. Uh, They didn't start serving seating until 4.30. I saw something happen that I've never seen happen before. A gentleman who seemed slightly agitated walked up to the host who came out about 25 after 4 and demanded to be seated immediately. And he said, sir, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do his French accent. He said, sir, I'm sorry. We're not seating. We're not going to start seating until 4.30. And do you have a reservation? He said, no, I want a table. He said, okay, we can accommodate you. And he took his name down. The man walked away. Now, the whole waiting area out in front of France was full. People who had reservations. Right. This man walked back and he said, I demand to be seated first. I've got children who are hungry and cranky. And they took him. Wow. They seated him ahead of everybody that had a reservation. Yeah, there are times where Disney cast members should be allowed to slap guests. And this man, they, they, I think it was one of those things where the cast member finally thought, you know what? Sit down and shut up. Yeah. I'm just going to get you out of everybody else's way. I'm not going to review France. All I can tell you is that we were seated. We had a wonderful, always wonderful waitress named Karen. She was personable. As a matter of fact, we talked about it during the the meal, and we all said the same thing. This is exactly what you want a waitress to be, or a, a, a server. She was there when we needed her. And then she disappeared. Right. And when you thought about you needing her again, she'd walk forward and say, "Can I get you something?" It was she was the service was superb. Our dinner was superb. Uh, we had had some nibbles, so we split two entrees, and we each had an appetizer. And if you're going to eat, eat in France. Exactly. Always, always, always. France, so always. consistent. So good. Service food. Everything. So, all right. Well, thank you very much for that, Kevin. We appreciate the review. Thanks, everybody, for a great show. It is so good to be back hosting. Uh, That is going to do it for our show this week. 
On next week's show, we will have our coverage of the 2010 Flower and Garden and Flower and Garden Festival at Epcot. And we're very excited. Diz special correspondent Dave Parfit has an exclusive interview with the Disney legend Richard Sherman. He is one of the two Sherman brothers who are responsible for such a Disney musical classics as Mary Poppins, The Jungle Book, Winnie the Pooh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and of course the always haunting theme song from It's a Small World. He's the one you blame for that. All that coming up on next week's show. Thanks for listening, everyone, and remember... Stay out of the damn lakes. (laughs) 